If you have a Bible, uh, let's go to Genesis. We're going to go to the, the early part of the Word. Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download version and uh, look for the NLT, New Living Translation. That's what I, I read out of. Um, let me set this up a little bit. We're in the series starting today called Built to Last. How many of y'all want a life that's built to last? How many of you? All right, 20% of you. That's awesome. Okay. We're going to get the 80% of you, the rest of you on board uh, by the time this message is over. It's going to be good. We don't want to just you know, build a life that gets us through 2018. We don't want just a do-over from 2017. We want to build a life that lasts. And so this series is kind of birthed out of this um, story that Jesus tells about a wise person and a foolish person. Uh, this uh, wise person built his house on a rock, but the foolish person, they built their house on the sand. And then the rains came tumbling down. Sorry, I, I grew up going to Sunday school. and We sang that song all the time. I just remember doing this. Anybody remember doing this? Anybody, anybody doing this? You doing the rain was coming down? Okay. All right. And, and, and then the rain destroyed the house built on the sand, but the house on the rock stood the test of time. And the principle there is that a house built on the rock is a, is a house built to last, and a life that's built on the rock is a life that's built to last. And in the church, we know that rock is who? Is who? Yeah, it's Jesus. That's the rock. He is the rock. And, and so what I want to do, I want to look at an old school story here, uh, Noah's Ark. Uh, whether you follow Jesus or not, you probably have heard this story, but maybe you've never read it before. We're going to read part of it. It's in Genesis chapter 6 and 7. I'm just going to read a small part of it. Right at the end of chapter 6, uh, verse 17, God's talking to Noah, and he says this, Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth is going to die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the crowd, even those little yippy dogs, even that, even those got on the ark. I do not know how they did not drown in the flood, but God <laughs> let them on the boat. I'm sorry if you have one of those yippy dogs. I, I do not like those kind of dogs. I'm sorry. You're like, I'm going to find another church then. Okay, that's fine. Um, Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. I won't say that second service. Some guests here, it's like, well, that's how it's going to be. Uh, okay, read not. It says, it scurries along the ground. Uh, they will come to you to be kept alive, which is a reference that cats, I don't know how cats got on the ark, because it says they'll come to you. Cats never come to you. Uh, how did they get on the ark? I don't know. It's a mystery of the Bible. All right? And, and he says, and be, I like, this is great. Listen to what God says to Noah. Oh, and by the way, uh, be sure to take on board enough food. Good plan, because they were on the ark a while. A full year they were on this ark. For you and your family, he said, and I love verse 22, so Noah did it, everything exactly as God had commanded him. All right, let's pray, and then I'm going to let you sit down. Father, thank you so much for this worship time, for this house that you've created, these people. We're a family, God. We're in here today. We are a family. We are united, and we are here to you to be glorified and you to be honored. And so we just pray that that's going to happen today, God, that you're going to be honored through the word that is spoken. And church, just take a moment, just a moment. Say, God, speak to me. 
God, God shut off the noise in my head. Shut it off for a moment. All the things that I'm dealing with, shut it off. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. God wants to speak to you too today. And then, uh, man, I covet your prayers as always because uh, I want to say only what God once said. And so we're ready now, God. Would you speak to us in Jesus' name? And the church said a resounding amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, it might be flu season, but uh, in Oklahoma here in a couple of months, it's going to be uh, tornado season. It, it comes every year. Uh, we always have our share of tornadoes. And I, I don't want you to shout out the answer, but I want you to think for just a moment, okay? Your best guess, how many tornadoes we had last year in the state of Oklahoma? 2017, how many tornadoes did we have, according to the National Weather Service, that were registered official tornadoes? Okay, you got that number? You got that number in your head? I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to share that number with them. What is, what is your, your best guess at the number of tornadoes that we had? Are you ready? Here it is. 86. Anybody say 86? You said 87. Not bad. Okay, one off. Way to go. Hey, you know what? For your best guess, I tell you what we're going to do for you, Miranda. You do not have to give in the offering until next Sunday. All right? So congratulations to you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> but we know, we know that uh, tornadoes are coming. I do not know why, but why is it they always get the same couple on the news? Like, we, we have different people in Oklahoma, right? We're like, that is not a good representation of us. It doesn't matter where the tornado hits. How does that same couple get on the news? It's like they track the tornadoes. Always that guy with the Dale Earnhardt number three hat on. He's got that sweet white tank top on, you know. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that there's, it was going to be bad when our cable went out. We knew. Going to be rough. Boy, I opened that door and looked, sucked my Rottweiler right out the door. I hold on to him. Come on, Rocky. Come on. Hold on, buddy. Let's get that guy. Standing there with his wife. He's got that house coat. Looks like it was made out of the drapes. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, that's terrible. I, but it's true. I got to speak the truth in the house, okay? <laughs> She's smoking a Marlboro, you know? <laughs> yeah, we had uh, three washing machines. And just We lost them all there in the front yard. They're gone. They're over there. They always find them. And we, we all have a different approach to tornadoes, though, don't we? Um, some of us, uh, this is my approach. Many of us have this approach. Uh, we hear that the tornado is coming, and we run outside. Any, anybody run outside? A lot of us. We're the run outside. Where is it? We're, we're idiots, okay? That's what we are. Then there's people that just, you worry. Like, you have high anxiety about storms. They just, I just mentioned storm season, and you're ready already to get your plan going. You're like, oh, man, oh, you're hyperventilating already. We're not even into storm season. And it's like you're panicked before the storm even gets here. So Some of us um, have, a, have a plan. Uh, you've got a closet you're going to. Anybody got a, you got a closet? You, this is the closet. We can't get in it because there's so much stuff in it, but, but that's the one we're supposed to get in. Uh, some people, though, you're prepared. You're ready. You got that storm shelter. Like, you got suckered in at the fair, and you bought an in-ground or one sitting in your backyard. Okay, all honesty, anybody, do you have a storm shelter in your, you, you got somebody, okay, right over here, uh, that's where we're going, right there. We're all going to the Darnell's house. That's where we're running to, right over there. We're going to run to their house when the storm comes. 
But we know that storms are, are, are coming. And here's, here's what I want to ask you to just think about as, as we begin this journey this morning is, um, I think we all had some, some storms in, in 2017. All of us experienced these storms in our lives in, in 2017. Some of, some of them were more severe than others. Some of them might have been just like an F1. It just flared up, went away, not a lot of damage. Some of you, though, have had like an F5. 2017 was brutal. It might have been in your health that you got a diagnosis or a scare, and now you're staring down these procedures that have to happen, or maybe it was a financial collapse or a loss of a job, or maybe you lost somebody you love, somebody you care about. You, you experienced this, this tragedy. It might have been in, in, in school. I, I don't know. It might, it might, might have been a, a spiritual storm that you experienced in your life. You had a crisis of faith. You, you followed Jesus, and then all of a sudden you found yourself in 2017 wondering, is, is this legit? Is this really real? Or maybe it was an emotional or um, mental storm. You, you found yourself in such a depressive state, you couldn't even hardly get, get yourself out of bed, and you just paint the smile on everybody thought it was okay, but you, you weren't, you weren't doing, good, doing good at all. Or, or maybe, maybe it, was, uh, it was an addiction. Maybe it was an addiction that you didn't see coming. And it, and it just hits you hard, and you, you just collapse under the, under the weight of it. And we, we all experience storms. See, in, in the one thing we know in Oklahoma is uh, in 2018, storms are coming. We, we know it. They're, they're, they're coming. And the one thing that we all know, too, is that storms are coming in our lives in 2018. But we all prepare for storms differently, though. Uh, some of us um, worry. You're just high anxiety. Like there isn't even a storm. The storm hasn't even come yet. And, and you're already thinking, oh, man, I know something bad's going to happen. <laughs> I know it's coming. I know it's going to. Just, you're just, I know something bad is coming. You're always waiting for that bad, that the shoe to drop and something bad to happen. And, uh, but the Bible tells us over and over, front to back, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Don't be, don't be afraid. So uh, worry and anxiety before a storm even comes, that's a lousy, that's a lousy strategy. And that's a terrible way to live. God doesn't want you to live that way. Some of us, we live um, as if storms um, aren't coming. Like we're oblivious to, to storms. Ah, I'm, this, this year is going to be awesome. Nothing bad is going to happen in my life. That, that's the, you know what that attitude is? That's the attitude the people in Noah's time had. There ain't no flood coming. And then they found themselves in a really, really bad spot. Some of us know that storms are coming. You, you know they're coming, but you are just hoping somehow you're going to make it through them. Like, you don't have a plan. You know, I don't know how I'm going to make it through it, but I'm hope. I, I hope. I hope I make it through it. Hope we get through this. Can, can I tell you that hope without action is a lousy strategy? Hope without action is a lousy strategy. But, but storms are going to come to every single one of us. I mean, they, they even came to, to Noah. Noah. It says Noah, in, in, this, in Genesis 6, it tells us Noah was a righteous man. He was a blameless man. In other words, he was a good guy. He was a good guy, but storms still came into his life. Jesus, son of God, walks on this planet. He's got disciples. Nobody's walking closer to Jesus than his disciples, yet they found themselves in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. So here's what I want to do for a few minutes today is I want to get a storm ready. I want to get storm ready. Noah was storm 
ready, and because of that, he made it through the worst storm this world has ever seen. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 6, and I want you to uh, look at verse 9 near the front of the chapter. I didn't read this earlier, but let's look at this. Genesis 6, 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah, here's, I said this earlier, Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he, come on, say this with me, he did what? He walked in close fellowship with God. If you want to be storm ready, you got to stay in step with God. If you want to be ready for the storms that you're going to face this year, you've got to stay in step with God. Come on, tell three people right now, stay in step with God. Stay in step with God. People are obsessed with steps right now, are they not? What is going on in our culture? Everybody's monitoring their steps. Everybody's got a watch and they're checking out how many steps. Where did this come from? We never, we used to love to just sit on the couch. What has happened to us? But I, it, we are so obsessed, I kid you not. Yesterday, uh, Pastor Eric, who was up here singing, if you don't know Pastor Eric, uh, him and I are, are coaching uh, his son's team, and it's a lot of seven-year-olds. Uh, uh, it's like, it's a, our name is the Eagles. We should be called the Squirrels because we are. It is not funny, people. It is not. It is not. We need prayer. Somebody can grab a next step card, pray for our team. We scored yesterday one basket only because the kid got fouled. He didn't make the basket, but in the last minute, they give you a free basket. <laughs> That's what we're up against. I need lots of prayer cards for that. But this kid walks in. One kid comes in. He's, he's, got, he's seven. He's got a Fitbit on. He's counting his steps in the game. He's seven. What is he doing that for? Do you know that in 2018... Yeah, all right, here's another, all right, let's do this one. How, don't say it out loud. How many steps do you think you're going to take in 2018? All right, on average, how many steps are you going to take? You got that number? Got that number? All right, turn to somebody, tell them your number. How, what, what is your number? What is your number? Are you ready? Two million. The average person is going to take 2 million steps in 2018. So my question to you is, where will your steps take you in 2018? Like what, what is going to be your story? Because most people, most people don't pay attention to their steps or they don't pay attention to what they are getting ready to step in, if you know what I mean. Keep it PG for church, okay? But Noah, Noah was intentional. He was intentional about his steps. It says that he, he walked in close fellowship with God. In other words, he stayed in step with God. We've got to stay in step with God. And I would tell you one of the best ways to stay in step with God is through prayer and the word. If you want to stay in step with God in 2018, you got to be a person that's on your knees and in the word. Because prayer is how we talk to God and his word is how he talks to us. So what that looks like is, man, I talk to God he talks to me. 
I talk to God, he talks to me. I talk to God, and he talks to me. Come on, say it with me. I talk to God, he talks to me. One more. I talk to God, he talks to me. I walk in step with God. I'm walking closely in fellowship with him. Like, just imagine what your 2018 would look like or will look like because you walked in step with God. You walked in close fellowship with him. I talk to God and he talks to me. Every day, I man, every day I'm talking to God. Here's what's going on, God. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what's happening. I don't know what's coming, but I'm talking to God and then I get in the word and he, he's talking to me. How is your 2018 going to be different? What would your story look like? How would 2018 be shaped for you if you walked in close fellowship with God? David, who uh, killed that giant, many of you know who David was, King David in the Old Testament, and David came long after Noah, but the Bible says nobody had a heart for God like, like David. And it said, he wrote this psalm in Psalm 37, 23, he said this about God. He said, the Lord directs the step of the godly. In, in other words, God's pointing out like here, I want, I want you to go this way. What, which way are we going? I want you to go this way. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to go. This way. Hang on, hang on. No, 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 wait. Just wait. Just wait, wait, wait. Yeah, just wait. Okay, wait. Now, now, now I want you to move, move this way. Which way? I'm moving this way? Okay, I'm moving this way. This, this is what David says. The Lord directs the step of the godly, of those who are followers of Jesus, you have God directing your steps. It says, I love this. He delights in what? Come on, say these two words with me. What? In every detail. Every detail. God is interested in the details of your life. He's interested in the little stuff, the stuff you think, you're the God of the universe. You ain't got time for that. But according to David, he does. He cares about the small stuff. He desires to direct our steps. So if you see here, God, God in this story in Genesis 6, God gave Noah a detailed blueprint. Details. A detailed blueprint. He told him, this is the kind of wood, a specific kind of wood I want you to use. Here's exactly how I want you to build it. It's going to be 450 feet long. It's going to be 75 feet high. It's going to be 45 feet wide. And he gave him these specific details. I love this. It even says in Scripture, Noah was told by God, uh, waterproof it. <laughs> that just seems obvious, doesn't it? Can't you see him before they're getting in the ark? Noah's wife like, did you, did you waterproof it? Yes, honey. Yes, I waterproofed it. I mean, that's how God did it. Like specific details uh, all the way down to waterproof it. We, uh, over the Christmas break, my, my grandkids got a, a trampoline and I was with my uh, son and, and they got it out. And then in that glorious moment, which the trampoline, by the way, did not come together, okay? Came in a box like this big, Okay. And he looks at me, and he gives me that look, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, come on, come on, Dad, come on. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. So we, we went out in his backyard and grabbed his other brother, and, and uh, the three of us grown men went out, and we got the trampoline out. And I'm looking at the box, okay? I'm not even looking at the instructions. I'm looking at the box. Like, how hard can this thing be? It's got some legs. It's got a circle and a mat, Okay. So one of my boys, he's smart, he, we, we wasn't stupid, he went over and he looked at the, the instructions, okay? And he, but, but 
in all transparency, he just kind of glanced at him. He's like, uh, and we were more looking at the pictures. Anybody do that with the instructions? We were reading all the fine print. I can't, it's too small for me. Good grief, I'm 51. I can't see that small print anymore. I just need pictures, large pictures. And so I see the pictures, and he sees the pictures, and we're like, oh, we got this. And we put it together, and we started putting, and it was coming together beautifully. And we got the mat out, and we got the springs, and we started putting the springs in, and we got about three-quarters of the way around, and the mat wasn't stretching all the way. So we, we're three grown men. We got this. So we grab the mat, and we're like pulling all three of us hard as we can. It ain't budging. It's not budging. So one of my boys, he gets smart. He's like, goes back, and he goes, ah, uh, we did it wrong. <laughs> all right? So we had to take all the springs back off. And it, it basically, the instruction said, you're supposed to alternate here, 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 here. Some of you have done this before. Here, 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 here. So we, oh, we, we got this. And so we go all the way around. We get about the last eight springs. It's still short. We're yanking on the string, trying to pull it, and we finally get that last spring in. We're done. Next morning, because the sun had set and our grandkids could not jump on the trampoline because it took us that long, uh, so they, had, they actually went to bed. They were asleep. They had to get up the next day to jump on the trampoline. They jump on it. One of the springs pops off. We're like, are you kidding me? So my son goes over, and he really looks in detail, really looks in detail at these instructions, and he realizes, he goes, Dad, you're not going to believe this. We weren't, supposed to, <laughs> we weren't supposed to be pulling on the mat. We were supposed to be pulling on the springs. And he reaches out with the tool, and he pulls on the spring, and it just pops right into place. A 45-minute job took us over four hours because... <laughs> Because we glanced at the instructions. I, I, I think so many of us are, are guilty of that. This, this is how we approach our walk with God. We just kind of give God a casual glance. I got this. I got it. I got it, got it, got it figured out. We kind of casually glance. I, I saw that they did a survey recently and and they found, this is crazy to me, but the average follower of Jesus, the person who says they're committed to Jesus, now goes to church only once or twice a month. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, like you were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you were there all, all the time. But it says today now, we just come once or twice a month. What that means is so many followers of Jesus that, that, that have the Son of God, the life-giving Son of God, the Spirit of the living God in them are, are, are showing up and just taking a casual glance at God. And, and, and could, I, could I say that they're, they're relying on the, the preacher to tell them what the blueprint says, and then walking out and going, I got this. I got it. But you don't got it. And then the storms come, and the troubles come, and the, and the struggles come. Listen, here's the thing. Listen, if, you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. A life, and this is going to be kind of a long statement, but I think it's helpful. A life that's built to last is not built in a day. A life that's built to last is not built in a day. It's built in the everyday. It's not built in a day. It's built in the, the every day. Noah under, understood this, and, and what God wants us to do is he wants us to walk in close 
fellowship with him every day on our knees, every day in, in the word. See, Noah didn't just take a casual glance at the blueprints. He, he stayed in step with God. In fact, verse 22 says this, so Noah did, come on, say these words with me. He did what? Everything exactly as God had commanded him. So, so in, in other words, and I know y'all have been looking at this table wondering, what's under, the, what's under the tarp? What's under there? So what it means is every day Noah got out, he got out the blueprints, okay? This is cool. These are the original blueprints of our church building. Isn't that cool? Like where you're sitting right now? This is, this, is, this is them. Aren't you glad they had some blueprints that they followed when they built this building? Aren't you glad they didn't just guess? I'll just put some concrete over there, right there. Put it right there, and we'll just put up some studs, and what would probably happen, we'd all be sitting on preschool chairs right now. That's probably what would have happened. But Noah, it says, no, no, Noah, he got out, he got out the blueprints, and, and he looked at these blueprints, and, and, and he followed what these blueprints said. So Noah, this is what Noah did. He looked at the blueprints, but then he walked in obedience. In other words, he got a board, and he pounded some nails. So, so here's the thing, Noah, this is the thing, Noah did not get up one day, go look at the blueprints God gave him, and then pound some nails, go to bed, get up the next day, and bang, there was an ark. No. Because a life that's built to last is not built in a day, it's built in the every day. James uh, in the New Testament, there's this letter from James, the brother of Jesus, and he said this in his letter, in chapter 1, verse 22, he said, don't just listen to God's word, you must, come on, you must what? You must do what it says. You gotta do what it says. I mean, come on, think about, think about how crazy this is for Noah, he, Noah, he's going, he's looking at some blueprints, and God tells him it's going to flood the earth, and so he's pounding nails, and it ain't raining, but God tells him, build anyway, and it ain't raining. He gets up, he looks at some blueprints, God says, I'm going to bring you two of every kind of animal. He's pounding nails, he's looking around, and there, and there, ain't, there, there, there ain't no animals coming. It's just crazy. Listen, in 2018, God's going to ask you to do some things that don't make sense. If you look into his blueprint, he's going to tell you, hey, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't want you going there. But everybody goes there, God. I don't, I, I don't want you going there. I want you to go here. God, I don't really want, I don't want to go there. But I want, I want you to go there. You know what? You need to, you need to, you really need to unfriend that person. But I like them, God. They make me laugh. I mean, they're fun. I know, but they're not, they're not good for you. They're not good for you to be in tight relationship with. I've got, come on. What I want you to do is I want you to move into this friend group. I want you to move with these kind of people. God's going God's gonna to tell you, hey, I, you know, I want you, I want you to start this ministry. I want you to get involved in this ministry. God, I don't have time. I mean, I'm busy. I mean, are you serious? I don't, have the, I don't have the talent to do what you're asking. I know, I know. I'm going to show you, but I need, I, I need you. God's going to ask you to do some things like he did Noah that just absolutely don't make sense at all. 
He's going to ask you to help people that you don't want to help. He's going to ask you, I want you to turn that off. I don't want your eyes looking at it. I don't want your ears hearing it. But God, come on, I love, that's my jam. I'm telling you, that's mine. Everybody's got an Achilles heel. That's mine. I'm listening to the radio. I'm like, oh, oh, I am down with that. Is Oh, oh, I shouldn't be singing that. Oh, but it's just one part of it. And then God's, I get in God, the blueprint, and God's like, what do you, I don't want you just turn, turn the station or get that off of your playlist, Brad. That's not, I don't want you. God is going to ask you to do some things that you don't want to do, but he's going to get you storm ready. He's going to get you storm ready, and you got to walk in close fellowship with him. And as James says, you can't just listen to the word, but you got to do what it says. Here's the thing. God, God's not going to build your life for you. You're going to have to get out the blueprint, and you're going to have to pound some nails. You're going to have to walk in obedience. This is what the blueprint tells me to do, and this is what I've got to do, and you're going to have to do those hard things because that's the only way that you're going to be able to build a life that lasts. Listen, think about this. God didn't give Noah a boat. He gave him a blueprint. We want God to give us a boat. He doesn't work that way. God doesn't give you a boat. I heard T.D. Jake say, you know what, God? God doesn't give you, he gives you a tree. That's what he gives you. Go cut the tree down. That's what, that's what Noah did in this story. I mean, he, he, he just, he could have quit. He could have just given up. But, but all the way through the process, Noah just keeps on going. He keeps just grabbing a board and pounding nails and grabbing boards and pounding nails. I mean, he gets up and he looks at the blueprint and he talks to God and he grabs a board and he just starts pounding nails. And he gets up the next day and he looks over the blueprint and he's like, man, I'm tired. I'll just, I'll just build it tomorrow. I, I, I want one day, no, Noah goes, he looks at the blueprint, he's like, I'm tired, but I, I got to walk in obedience. He, he gets up and, 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 and his wife says, man, these kids, Noah, you got to do, Noah, you need to do something with these kids. You need to do something with your kids. And, and, and Noah's like, you know what I'm going to do with my kids? I'm going to get my kids involved in the process. And so he grabs Ham and Sham and uh, Shadrach and Abednego and uh, uh, Larry Moe and Curly and Greg, Peter and Bobby, he grabs them all, grabs, grabs, all, grabs all his boys. And, and, and you know what he does? He says, come here, boys. And he gets his boys in the blueprint. Come on, mom and dad. Oh, I am preaching now. He got his kids in the blueprint. They started working with him every day, and they are pounding nails every day. Noah gets up. He looks up, and he's like, I don't, are you kidding me? I don't see it. I got this blueprint, says it's supposed to be an ark. I read it, pounded some nails. I don't see no ark. He didn't do that. He got up every single day, looked at the blueprint, and he pounded some nails. You know how long Noah pounded nails for? 75 years. 75 years, an entire lifetime. 
spent pounding nails. That's 27,375 days pounding nails. You know, we live, we live in a 24-hour world. We, we want everything within 24 hours. Let's think of the New Year's resolutions. You're like, I've been eating grass, and I've been going to the gym. It's been like two weeks, and look at this. What is going on? It's been two weeks. It's going to take a while. Like, I, I, uh, I love playing basketball, and, and last year my knees were really starting to bother me, so I went to a specialist in this uh, knee doctor, and uh, he did some exams and stuff, and he said, you know, Brad, <laughs> your knees are fine. He goes, you just got 50-year-old knees. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate that vote of confidence. And he said, I said, can I do it? He goes, well, it's, you know, you can do a few things. But I said, I, my goal, I want to play into my 60s. I want to play. My goal is to play until I'm 75 years old. I love the game that much. I, I want to play until I'm 75. Because you want to play until you're 75? Yeah, okay. He said, all right. You need to lose 10 pounds. Okay, what if I wanted to play until I was 65? <laughs> He says, you got to lose 10 pounds. He told me, here's, he said, this is why. Because for every pound you lose, it will take four pounds of pressure off of your knees. So if you lose 10 pounds, you'll take 40 pounds of pressure off of your knees. I'm like, I can do that. I'm going to lose 10 pounds in the next year. And he goes, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Like, he said, I want you to make it your goal to lose one pound every year. I, oh, you got to be kidding me. One, what is that? He goes, one pound a year. He goes, think about it. When you turn 60, you'll be playing better than when you were 50 because you'll have 40 pounds of pressure off of your knees. Why? Because a life that's built to last isn't built in a day. It's built in the, the every day. And what happens to us is we jump ship when we don't see results. Come on, tell three people right now. Let's encourage one another. Don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. Come on, encourage three people right now. Don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. Every day, you got to get up, and you got to take the blueprint out. You got to lay it out, and you need to spend some time with the blueprint. You need to talk to God and let God talk to you, and guess what? Then you got to walk in obedience. You got to do what it says. You're going to have to pound some nails, and then you get up the next day, and you look at the blueprint, and you talk to God, and God talks to you, and you get over here, and you walk in obedience, and you start pounding nails day after day after day after day. You get up, and man, I'm tired. I'll, 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 I'll look at the blueprint tomorrow. I mean, this is my life is crazy right now. No, no, no. You are disciplined. Because you want 2018 to look different. So like Noah, you get up, you look at the blueprint, you talk to God, God talks to you, and then you walk in obedience day after day after day. Oh, man, but Mike, your wife's like, and your, your husband's like, these kids driving me crazy. You know what you ought to do? Get your kids in the blueprint. Get your kids in the blueprint. One of the best things I ever did with my kids, one of my greatest joys as a father that I hold tightly is every day from the, the moment that they could breathe, I read the word to them. Now, sometimes it was little storybooks and it had a lot of pictures and not a lot of words. I mean, come on, they're 16 years old. You can't, you can start slow, okay? <laughs> but I'm reading the word to them. I'm getting them involved. I'm like, let's look at the blueprint, all right? Now, when we looked at the blueprint, what will you do? We're gonna walk. We're gonna walk in 
obedience to the word of God. That's what our family does. That's who we are. We walk, yeah, dad, but everybody else is, we look at the blueprint and we walk in obedience to God. Yeah, but come on, dad, you got to be serious. I want to go here. I want to go. I want to do, nobody else is doing it. I don't care what every other family in the church is doing. We are people of the blueprint. And we look at this blueprint, and we don't just look at it, but we walk in obedience to the word of God. And then I get up, and I don't see it. Man, I've been following this blueprint. I don't see no ark. You know what you got to do in that moment? You got to get your head down and not look up. For decades, for decades, maybe for a lifetime. Could I even encourage you today to possibly get your head so buried in the word and on your knees prostrate before God that you don't look up until your life is done and you're about to breathe your last breath? Then look, then see what God has done. Because a life that's built to last isn't built in a day. It's built in the every day. Can I tell you, if you do that, I can tell you what the results are going to be. I can show you. I can show you how the word will speak to you. Here it is right here in chapter 7, verse 18. Chapter 7, verse 18. As the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat, it did what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Floated safely on the surface. Like when the storms come, you're going to be storm ready. God, when a storm comes, the higher the waters go, the higher God is going to lift you. He will keep you safe in the storm, and he will bring you through the storm. So listen, don't just try to build your life in a day. Build it every single day. 